Welcome to Your Food Looks Funny. I am Marcus T. And today's questionable topic that we're going to be talking about is how your family's food isn't as good as you think it is. I'm not eating that. I'm not eating that. All right, before everybody gets into uh, their personal feelings of how I just attacked their family's cooking, let me explain something. This is not a personal attack on anybody or their family's cooking. If you love your family's food, that is great. You have some food that you love. Not everybody loves their family's cooking uh, to the extent that I'm going to talk. But for those who do, this will open your eyes a little bit more. For everybody else, this will be a good outlook on uh, what you've been saying to people over the years and they just didn't take you seriously so again i'm not personally attacking anybody you know my family is not excluded from this either so it, it's it's completely open talk that we're gonna have so just look inside yourself and make sure that you're not lying to yourself about how good your family's food is so at the beginning of this I'm going to state some facts. So we're going to talk about some scientific things to kind of get you a precursor to what I'm going to get into here. All right. Your taste buds. Okay. Your taste buds are the key to the food that you eat. Obviously, you taste with your tongue, which includes taste buds. But your taste buds on your tongue do a lot more for your tasting over the span of your lifetime than you realize. And you probably haven't explored more of this than I'm going to give you, but that's why I'm here. Your taste buds, there are 10,000 taste buds roughly on your tongue, okay? 10,000. Your taste buds replace themselves every two weeks roughly. So every two weeks, you have a fresh set of taste buds. Being that there are 10,000 taste buds on your tongue. That's a lot of different flavors that can be extracted from the foods, the drinks, whatever you eat. But now we're going to get a little personal with those taste buds. Okay. Of those 10,000 taste buds, the more you age, the more you lose. Okay. So they're gradually dying off as you get older. So roughly when you reach an older age, you might only have around 5,000 taste buds. So a lot of the taste that you had 40, 50 years ago, or even 10, 20 years ago, for those of you that are younger, may not be the same anymore. You might require a little bit more seasoning because you can't pull the same flavors that you did as a 10 year old because your taste buds have changed. It's just simple scientific fact. In reality, you know, your body's cells change over time. The same thing happens with your tongue. Your taste buds change and you lose them as you get older. So you'll you'll get different tastes as you get older and you'll require different flavors and certain flavors that you didn't like when you were younger, you might now like simply because they're not as strong or as uh, blatant as they used to be or as, uh, as abusive to your palate as they used to be. Now that we've gotten a little bit of the science out of the way, let me give you a, uh, an introspective story. So this is a story that's near and dear to me. Here we go. In my family, my mom, one of her better dishes, again, according to our family, according to our family, one of her better dishes is her macaroni and cheese. Her macaroni and cheese is a hit 
in, a, in our family, okay? And I say is, my, my mother passed away about 16 years ago. Her macaroni and cheese is like the dish that she is known for. And my family loves it. If they look at the macaroni and cheese, you know Brenda made that macaroni and cheese. To rip the Band-Aid off, I'm not as big a fan of my mom's macaroni and cheese as the rest of my family. Sounds a little crazy, right? You're not a fan of your mom's food. And it's not that I don't like macaroni and cheese. It's just that I'm not as big of a fan of her macaroni and cheese. I like it. And to this day, I can recreate it because I watched her make it so many times. If I wanted to make my mom's macaroni and cheese, you know, noodle for noodle, I could do it. But if I'm making macaroni and cheese for myself, that's not the macaroni and cheese that I'm going to make. Does that make sense? Think about it in perspective of something in your family that you really like, something that you really like or that your family really likes from you or, you know, your aunt or your uncle makes that's really good or really a big hit that a lot of people talk about. Think about how you really feel about that dish. Is there one that you've tasted that has been better? Would you admit that to the family member or yourself that that dish is better than yours? Right. Is there, you know, fried chicken that you like and you say, well, I like Popeye's better than that. I have those moments. There are different uh, recipes and, you know, foods that I've run into that I like better than my own family's cooking. And that's not to say they can't cook because I come from a very good cooking family. But there are things that I just like better, you know. Either I make it better or, you know, somebody else makes it better or, you know, a restaurant or something. That, that's not saying that their family's food or my family's food isn't good. That's just saying be open to there being something better. I've gotten to a lot of debates with people about how good their family's food is compared to my family's food or, you know, a different restaurant's food or how fast food compares to a homemade dish. It's it's all it's all relative to the person that's eating it. You're never going to please everybody with the same dish. It's just not going to happen. It's just like with music. You're not going to please everybody with the same song that you like. It's just how you heard it. So later at the end of this, I'll have a funny story uh, dealing with somebody thinking their family's food was good. And it was so innocent. It was hilarious. So stick around for that funny story uh, at the end of this. But getting more back into... A family's food not being as good as you think it is? Think about this question. Most of us have heard this question or a similar question. You're walking down the line um, at a family gathering, you know, getting ready to get a plate of food. And somebody goes, who made the potato salad? Now, you may not have asked this question before, and it might not have been potato salad, but somebody has said this before. Who made the potato salad who made that dish right there why did they ask that question you know why they asked that question because if a certain person made that dish that will either confirm or deny you eating it i'm not eating that am i right don't lie to yourself now now you know if a certain person that you know made that dish made that potato salad made that chicken you ain't eating it so check your feelings at the door when you talk about your family's food your family is not always the best dish around but that doesn't mean 
that you can't brag about your family's cooking. Okay, remember that everybody has their own opinion on their food. Everybody has their own opinion on what they like. Never be the pushy person on swearing your family's food is the best because you grew up on that food. It's what you know. People are products of their environment. Your environment growing up was your family's nasty macaroni and cheese. And again, I'm not talking about my mom's macaroni and cheese. Let's not let's not get it that way. I want my family listening to know that I like my mom's macaroni and cheese. But I like a version I make better. I, I'm just going to say that. All right. So I uh, I recently started following a guy. Actually, it's not recently. I've been following him for a while on Instagram. But he started this campaign on certain foods about um, people putting certain ingredients in foods that don't belong there just because that's what they've grown used to seeing. For instance, uh, he writes it in the form of getting punished in school. So, you know, in school, when you get in trouble and you've seen people have to write out a repeated sentence like I will not talk in class, I will not talk in class, I will not talk in class. He started writing it out in that format. So what he said was bananas don't go in banana pudding. And I don't think I've ever seen a version of banana pudding that didn't have bananas in it. So it opened my eyes to kind of look into it a little bit more. So I'll let you know more on what I think on social media about some of those certain things. Um, but getting back to family gatherings, the question, who made the potato salad? Here you we go. know, if a certain person made a dish, that's going to confirm or deny whether you're going to eat that certain dish. Because certain people have bad track records of under seasoning, over seasoning, undercooking, overcooking. You know what their fault is and you know you're going to try to avoid it. I know I am. So this goes back to my point in a previous episode of calling myself a potluck protester. If I don't know the person that made it and I don't know their track record, I'm refusing to eat that dish. You're not going to be treating me like a guinea pig to eat something that has uh, bad reviews on it. I refuse to eat the one star dish at a potluck. Again, potluck protesting. I'm very proud of it. Fist raised. So having to ask the question of who made something is not always the greatest look. Again, think back to your tastes now, 10 years ago, and then in the future, they're going to change. They're going to change. We've already gone over the facts of the taste buds. Somebody's taste may change later, but if they don't like it now, don't tell them that their taste buds are off. Because in two weeks, they'll change. In two weeks. It's like the weather in the Midwest. It'll change. Just give it time. <laughs> going back to my mom's macaroni and cheese. Just some specifics about this macaroni and cheese, just in case anybody has uh, any questions about what I'm talking about here. I am a fan, and I've done a previous episode about texture issues, okay? With macaroni and cheese, I like a creamy, creamy macaroni and cheese. You know, even if you bake it, I want the cheese topping to be solid but not crunchy, okay? And, I, and I'll get to the point of why I'm saying all of this in a second, but just bear with me. So I like a... a macaroni and cheese that has a solid top if it's baked but not crunchy and if the inside again has been baked i want it to still free flow once it hits the plate which means it doesn't sit in one solid mass now with that said my mom's macaroni and cheese 
was baked. It was layered very nicely with about three different cheeses. She added some butter, salt, pepper, and eggs. This was another one of those things about the person I follow on social media. His name is Darius Cooks. And he was saying that eggs don't go in macaroni and cheese. When you bake macaroni and cheese, people that I've seen will have the tendency to put eggs in their macaroni and cheese in order to get it to stay solid once they bake it. Eggs coagulate and they congeal once they're heated up. So that will leave the macaroni and cheese in one solid mass. So whenever you get ready to dish it out, it will be in one solid square. It almost comes out like lasagna. Have you ever seen the nice square sit up of lasagna that sits on a plate nicely? That's how her macaroni and cheese comes out. And I'll actually say that I like it when it's reheated because the topping that she bakes on it will be crunchy after it first comes out. But when it's reheated in the microwave, it'll become softer, which is more appealing to me. So usually I like it the next day as a leftover as opposed to freshly out of the oven. But with that said, my family is in love with that fresh out of the oven Brenda's macaroni and cheese, and I'm just not that person, okay? And this, again, is coming from the perspective of being a very, very picky eater as a kid, and now I'm a chef. So I've seen hundreds of different attempts at macaroni and cheese from various people and myself. I've made so many different kinds, no-bake, stovetop, baked in the oven, uh, just different cheeses, different flavors, different processes of doing so. But you don't have to be a chef to know that there are better versions of things out there. So the whole point of this that I'm getting to say is try more than what you were raised on. Okay. There's nothing wrong with venturing outside of the comfort food that you were raised on in your house, in your city. You know, the stuff that you were raised on and by family, when I said your family's food isn't that good. Again, it wasn't a personal attack. It was just the environment that you were raised in. Everybody loves something that's near and dear to them that they grew up on. Family's food, a local restaurant that you have, those things will always be near and dear to you. I'm from a small town in Ohio called Sandusky. We have a dairy there. And it has its own ice cream that they sell. I think their ice cream is still better than anything I've tasted. Will somebody else go and try Toffs, which is the name of the dairy, and say that it isn't as good? Sure. I've had plenty of people that I've taken back home, like, oh, we going to Toffs. And they try it and they go, oh, it's okay. I'm like, it's okay. But that's my bias, you know? That's my bias. So let people have their biases about the food that they like it is just what they like but that doesn't mean you can't go outside of your comfort zone and out of your box from your family's cooking and your local places that you grew up on you know explore a little that's all that's the whole point of this entire show this episode every other episode is just try something new you know you may not like it. it 90% of the stuff that you try outside of what you grew up on may be terrible. You may not like it at all. But again, your taste buds change every two weeks. You're going to lose taste buds. Your tastes are going to change over your life. Try something else. It's exciting. It's exciting when you hit that 10% of things that are better 
than what you grew up on because now you have something else to add to your meal regimen. Trust me, you'll you'll love yourself after you discover one of those 10% meals. Okay. All right. So uh, we've gone through some of the scientific things of why your tastes are going to change. Dealing with the overall view of the food you grew up on, your family's food, your local food. It isn't as good as you think it is. Okay. It isn't as good as you think it is. All right. So uh, we've gone through a lot of that, and I'm going to wrap this up. I had a story to tell. So the funny story to tell, we'll get into that now. So this is the setting. 2006, actually the year doesn't matter, so we're not worried about that. I was a year out of high school, and my cousin that I graduated with had a girlfriend who was a year behind us. We go to my cousin's girlfriend's graduation party, right? And a little backstory to this uh, girlfriend. She had always bragged to my cousin about how good her family's cooking was. Here we go. Because my cousin's mom is a caterer. So she is, you know, renowned throughout the city. She has great cook on her license plate. And she, as in the girlfriend, felt necessary to kind of do the one-up stories. And again, she's a very nice person. She's not bragging. She just wanted to let it be known that you know, she wanted to stick up for what she knew, her family's cooking. So, again, my cousin takes me to her graduation party. So that's where we're at. We're at her graduation party. We're, we're eating some food at the party. And my cousin looks over to me and he goes, hey, man, did you try those green beans? Them green beans is good. So like any person who's just heard a good recommendation about some food, I, you know, Give me a good forkful, taste the green beans. Hold up. Takes me two seconds, and I go, man, them green beans is good. Because they from Lee's. Pause right there for me. Uh, Lee's Famous Recipe Chicken. There are only a few of them. Most of them are in the Ohio, Kentucky area. But Lee's Famous Recipe Chicken is one of my favorite restaurants. Okay? And I know Lee's green beans when I taste them. I was getting served Lee's green beans Come on. now let's unpause right there and move along to her now coming up to us and saying hey guys how's the food and i go yeah it's good it's lee's her face was classic her face told me that she didn't know that her party had been catered by a restaurant she thought her family had cooked that meal i'll let that sink in for a second so the person bragging on their family's food did not know that the food at her own graduation party had been catered why would you do that to her family hmm why would you do that to her did you know you were setting her up for failure like that and again she wasn't bragging on the food as if she knew she gave us the indication that she didn't know what was going on and sure enough when you look through the kitchen you'll see a lee's Famous chicken catering box in the back. She was traumatized, and I had a funny story to tell for the rest of my life. All right. Thank you guys for listening. On the next episode, we'll be talking about some things uh, dealing with how do you know your food is done? Some chicken. How do you know that food is done? All right. So uh, moving forward with that, follow me on social media at YFLF podcast. That's YFLF as in your food looks funny podcast on instagram and twitter or you can find my fan page on uh facebook your food looks funny and follow me review like 
subscribe talk to you on the next episode see y'all later